you again, Elise, for sharing your beautiful voice with us. I shared at uh, first service that as I sat and listened to Elise sing sing that beautiful song, I was stuck on one word that I just had to change. (laughs) Change that. So uh, it was that last line, anything can happen to you, right? And And it sets us up to look out there to see what's going to happen to me, and I've got to find that love out there so that it can happen to me, and I think it sets us up when we look at it, it's going to happen to me. And so I'd like to, if I could, change that word to anything can happen through me. Anything can happen through me. And that's what we're really talking about over these series of weeks is we're taking a look at the creative process. Anything can happen through us when we remember to engage in consciously this creative process where we, number one, turn back to who and what? God, right? Step one, in the beginning. In the beginning, God, right? All right, let's say that again. In the beginning, There we go. In the beginning, God, and then God placed what in all of creation? See, this is quiz time, right? I mean, we're only three weeks in, so i got to see if you're getting it, right? So God placed light. Of course, Dan, God placed light into all of creation. You and I are filled with this light that is God. Not this external light. He didn't create that that first day. It was our inner life that was created on that first day. And when we turn back to God and remember to see the world from that place, then we are standing firmly on a foundation of faith, the second day of creation. So I wanted to share with you, because today we're moving into the third day of creation, and I wanted to share with you how many of you know that there are actually two creation stories in Genesis? So there's a couple of hands. People who are here first service are going, yeah, yeah, I know that. (laughs) Yeah. So there are. There are two creation stories in Genesis. There's a creation story in the first chapter of Genesis, and there's a totally different creation story in the second chapter of Genesis. And so Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, you know, approaches the Bible. We're approaching the Bible from this metaphysical place. And so what Charles Fillmore indicated to us, why is there two two creation stories? Because the first chapter, that first creation story, occurred purely and solely in the divine mind that is God. It still hasn't been expressed out into matter, out into this world, but God is creating these divine ideas in day one and day two and day three and holding these perfect divine ideas and divine minds. And this is what the third day of creation is about for us. It's about our understanding that we, too, are holding these perfect divine ideas in divine mind and to become aware of where have we placed our attention. So I'm just going to read to you, as I have been, this day's creation. So we are on the third day from Genesis verses, chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. And the Lord said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the waters were gathered together, he called the seas. And God saw that it was good. 
And then God said, let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And God is holding this beautiful image of this earth, this world in which we live, and God is calling it all good. All right, so how many of you have the experience of going through day after day and it's all good? We say that, right? It's all good. But our experience doesn't necessarily reflect that, does it? And yet here we are given the understanding that when God created, God called it in mind all good. So I'm aware today is Mother's Day, for example. So for those of you who are mothers out there, I want to wish you a happy Mother's Day. But I am also aware that this day is not necessarily good for everyone. You might be experiencing your first Mother's Day without your mother or your tenth, and it's still hard. You might be estranged from your mother or from your own children on this Mother's Day. You might be a mother who has lost a child, and so this day is a challenging day. You might be a mother who had to give their child up for adoption. And this day might be bringing up some feelings around that. So I'm very aware that even when we have days that we would say, the world would say, well, this is a good day, our experience of these things may or may not be good. And so what do we do with them? Right? What, do we, what do we do with that? Well, this creative process that we are exploring invites us into just that, into a process. So we're, we're looking at these days as though this is a linear thing that's taking place, right? So God and then our faith, and now we're at imagination and creativity, right? But actually, it isn't a linear process at all. It is a process that all of the days are working together. And though we're talking about it linear, linearly, we continually come back so that if I'm finding on any particular moment in any particular day that I need to go back to the beginning, I just do that. And I don't say, well, I've already done that, so I should be on step three now. Right? We just come back to then in the beginning, and we begin our creative process again. So it's a, a process of creating. And on this day of creating, the earth was formed, right? So from the water, the seas moved aside, and the earth was formed. So out of those waters, out of those seas, there's been something formed, something formulated. And Charles Fillmore tells us that that is what divine mind offers through the power of imagination, that we form our lives through the power of our imagination, through what we are focusing our inner vision on. Right? Eric Butterworth, so I'm using as the basis for this series, Eric Butterworth's book, The Creative Life, in which he talks about the metaphysical interpretation of each of these days. Eric Butterworth tells us that so often at this step, when we are giving ourselves over to a vision, to a seeing, to an imagination of what can be, 
most of the time what we do is we go into the power of imagination through worry, fear, doubt, lack, limitation, separation. Anybody do that? (laughs) No. Good for you, Janet. (laughs) I mean, I'm a mom. I don't know how many of you are moms out there, but if you have kids, any of you ever go into that place of worry? Right? Oh my gosh, how could they have done that? Couldn't they see? Right? If only they would make this choice. I've actually heard somebody say, well, as a mom, I can't be happy unless my kids are happy. Wow, right? The power of our imagination being misused, if you will. Right? Because we can imagine the best or we can imagine the worst. In this creative process, we're invited to open up to imagine the best that is yet to be because, and I love this from, from his book, Butterworth's book, we are a, a, a point of consciousness in the greater divine mind consciousness. Right? So divine mind is all possibility that exists. All possibility. And we take and, and narrow that down to the worst. Right? Oh, I'm sure that this ache that I'm feeling is. Right? I'm sure that this argument that I'm having right now is going to. Right? With the worst. I'm sure that because my child isn't home yet, then this must have happened. We go from all possibility and narrow it down into the worst possibility. Using our power of imagination to formulate in ways that are not helpful, that are not centered in faith and in the beginning God. So we're invited to transform our consciousness to remember that right here, right now, where I am, I am centered in the all-mind possibility of God. And I am a point in that divine mind of God. And I can receive a divine idea in this moment. And that's where I'm going to focus my attention. Now, it's easy to get that understanding when we're sitting here or when life is going good. It it can be a little more challenging, right, when we're not gathered together in this community on a Sunday and we're out there dealing with life. And so I've been sharing through this story my own example of this creative process as my family and I went through a house fire back in 2001. So the house that we lived in in that time was a century home. It was built in the 1860s. And as a century home, of course, it started out with one little room, and then that expanded out to two rooms, and then that expanded out to a third room that had a upstairs to it. And down in the basement, there were these big hand-hewn beams that held up, you know, this whole structure, complete with the big wooden pegs right, instead of nails, big wooden pegs that held these beams together. It was a beautiful old home. But because, as most older homes are that are built onto and onto and onto, there wasn't necessarily this bigger vision of what this home would look like as it was all put together. And so it kind of came together in some weird ways. And as an example of that, what happened is in that two-story section, the master bedroom was downstairs, And right attached to the master bedroom was this tall, skinny staircase that went upstairs to the 
two bedrooms upstairs where the kids were, and there was no privacy, right? I mean, their stairway came right down into our bedroom, right? And then in addition to that, that particular wing of the house, if you will, if you looked at it from the living room, there was a closet door, the bedroom door, the door to the stairway, and a bathroom door. So there was this wall of doors. And Gary and I would go round and round and round about how could we fix this. We wanted our privacy, to be quite honest with you. How could we fix this? And we'd go round and round, and we, in our mind, could not figure out how to fix it. And in conversation with the previous owner, the gentleman said, we did the same thing. We'd go round and round. How could we fix this? And we never came up with a solution. Well, you know that saying, right? Be careful what you wish for. Watch what you're praying for. Because your prayers might get answered in a way that you weren't really expecting. So guess what? On that night of the fire, guess what is the section of the house that had to be taken down to its foundation? So that that two-story section. Yeah. Really, God? My house had to burn for this? And then, on top of that, because this was such an old house, and because of these hand-hewn beams, and because over 140 years, there had been periods of time, right, where there had been some insects in those beams, and so a portion of that beam was, was eaten up a little bit. And because it was December that the fire happened, and they needed a lot of water to put that fire out, and it was frozen, guess what happened to that beam? on that section. It broke. And so the insurance adjuster came out and said, well, I don't know, this this beam looks like it was suffering from some insect damage, and so I'm not sure what's going to be covered here. Now just imagine, if you will with me, where does your mind go? I heard some of you go, oh. Where does your mind go? going to happen if they don't cover this? We have no home. We have no place to be. We're living in a hotel at this particular point in time, right? You can go to every place of fear, worry, doubt that you want to go to at that moment. Where are you in this, God? Holding tightly to what I want it to be, and this isn't it. And so we go to the creative process. Well, let's first go back to the beginning, to God. Remember that in through and as this all, God is here. You heard my story last week. You know that I had the understanding. And if you didn't, that's why you want to come every week. But I shared this story of how I knew God's hand was in through and as all of this. So let me go back to that for a minute. Let me take a breath. Let me stand on that firm foundation of faith. And let me let go of my own worry, fear, and doubt. And let me see what happens, right? Very quickly after I did this, I was in the hotel room that night, and all of a sudden this divine idea came that, oh my gosh, the part of the house that's got to be taken down to its foundation is that part of the house that we wanted to redo anyway. So I got on the phone and called my brother. My brother, who just happened to have worked in the construction industry for a number of years, who at one point wanted to be an architect, and I'd seen him draw his own plans for his own house. And who was now and still to this day the building inspector for the county. So I knew he knew what he was doing. 
And I called him up and I said, hey, here's the area. Can you come up with a plan for me? And he said, of course, I'd be happy to. There's some way I can help you. And so he did. And the insurance adjuster eventually said, well, we may not cover that one beam, but the rest will be fine. You know, and it, and it all just kind of absorbed into the cost of the rebuilding. And in the end, we ended up with this beautiful master bedroom with a wall of windows looking out over our backyard and privacy, a door, right? And we had this beautiful, the, the long skinny staircase was gone. It became this beautiful open oak staircase coming down into the living room, right? It was gorgeous. And I'm reminded in that, that my little vision, that couldn't see a way, that had no idea, I want this to be different, but I don't know how, that when I let go and surrendered and trusted, I might not have liked the way that we had to bring it about, but in the end, it was good. So what is that for you in your life? What is that circumstance in your life that you're holding on so tightly saying, I don't know the way. I don't see the way out of this. I don't see the way clear. I of my little mind cannot figure this out anymore. And can you, even if life doesn't look exactly like you think it ought to look like, can you just let go and open to the greater vision that God has in store for you on this day for your life? Can you know that no matter what is unfolding, you are a point of consciousness and that divine mind consciousness that we call God where you can receive the perfect idea for this moment. Now we can do that individually and we can do that communally. We do that as a community, Unity Spiritual Center. We of ourselves may not know, but when we give ourselves over to a greater divine idea, God makes it known through us, right? So years ago, Unity Village, for example, was was in a little bit of a state of disrepair. It needed some work done. And this Unity minister, Reverend Tom Lee, whose sister Peggy sometimes attends here, Tom is from this area, was from this area, he got this brilliant idea from the Nehemiah story in the Bible that said one person may not be able to do it, but guess what? If you come together and everybody simply does their part, we can make anything happen. And with that, Tom Lee started the Nehemiah retreats out at Unity Village that have restored such beauty to the village. And I went out for a Nehemiah retreat one year and said, oh, wow, we can use this. And when I came here, I brought this idea to us. And yesterday we had this amazing Nehemiah retreat. What did you notice coming up today? Did you see how beautiful the grounds were looking, right? So if you were a part of that divine mind idea to be here out for the Nehemiah retreat day, will you stand up so we can show you some appreciation? Stand up. I know there's some of you here. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Because you said yes to a bigger idea so that we could do what was ours to do. When I sat and asked, what are we as a community to do to meet some of the challenges that are going on in the world out there, this beautiful divine idea started of Unity Response. 
a quarterly thing that takes place where we look at some kind of a social situation that's happening and ask, how can I be a part of the solution here? How can I open to a deeper understanding here? How can I make myself available so that God can work through me and a greater vision can unfold? And so in June, for our second quarterly response series, we're going to be dealing with the opioid epidemic. We can feel overwhelmed and hopeless and like I of myself can't fix this. And we're not really called to fix that. What we're called is to work on ourselves. So what do I need to do to heal myself so that the society out there can begin to reflect my own wholeness and healing? And so on Thursday night at the Unity Response, we have a, a local professor um, who is, uh, whose name is uh, Stuber, uh, uh, Brian, Tom, thank you, Tom Stuber, came to me through this beautiful one, Brian, because I had this divine idea to do something on the opioid epidemic, but had no idea who, who, God, show me who. And then that day, Brian comes and he's talking about his class on addiction. I'm saying, great, who's your professor? And that's the way these divine ideas work when we're listening, when we're open to the possibility, when we're open to seeing it from a whole new perspective and simply doing what's ours to do in that. And so Tom Stuber is coming for Thursday night for the Unity Responds on the opioid epidemic. But then it grew from there because God had a greater vision. And that one night, Unity Responds has now grown to on Friday night, we have another gentleman coming. His name is Christopher Reynolds, who got in touch with us. And he comes to the addiction process from this place of indigenous wisdom and healing. And as he said, this that we see happening out in our world, it's all of us. All of us are being called to heal ourselves from that place of separation, from that place of, of, um, of problem, healing ourselves so that we can join in oneness and heal our society. But it starts with ourselves. And so he's coming on Friday night to do a beautiful healing concert for us. And then coming back on Saturday to do a workshop for us. And so whether you personally have been impacted by the opioid epidemic or not, you've got work to do. You've got the work of giving yourself over to this greater idea that is divine mind and saying, what can I do to make a difference? And it might be as simple as healing your own pain, healing your own sense of separation and problem within yourself so that something greater can emerge through you. We got postcards that talk about these three events. And I'm asking you to join me in this greater vision and help me to get the word out to our community here at large and take some postcards and invite some people and invite them to come and heal their own sense of shame and victimhood and blame and separation. Because as you and I each recognize that I am a point of consciousness within that Christ mind consciousness of divine mind, we heal ourselves, and as we heal ourselves, we know in unity that that moves out into the greater community, and it begins to heal there. We are not hopeless. We are not helpless. We are not victims. We are a part of this creative process that is life, that begins in God, that stands firmly on a foundation of faith, and then places our imagination on what could be, the possibility of what could be. 
Will you join me? You know? So our spiritual practice for this week goes back to the meditation that I led us through. So I want you to take for a moment and imagine whatever the situation, the experience, the person is in your life that you wishes was different. Is there anybody that doesn't have that? Okay. And I want you to imagine holding that tightly. What you need to be different. How you need that one to be different. How you need that experience to be different. And I'm seeing a lot of you just sitting there. I mean it. Take your fist and make those fists. Hold it tight just like you're doing. God, I want it to be this way. You ever think that? God, I want it to be this way. And feel the energy that it takes to hold so tightly to the way that you think it ought to look like. Imagine here all the energy of holding this so tightly because you've got this little tiny vision of what it should be rather than giving yourself over more fully, more completely to that divine mind experience. And then I want to ask you the question, are you ready to stop putting so much time and energy into trying to control it and manipulate it and make it look this certain way? Let it go and feel in this moment what it feels like to let that go. The freedom, the relief, the, ah, that's better. And as you do that, to recognize that you are opening in this moment to what would God have me feel? What would God have me do? What would God have me be? What would God have me say? What thought would God have me hold that will lead to the good that is unfolding here, whether it looks like I think it ought to look or not? I am open because I am a point of consciousness in divine mind. Will you say that with me? I am a point of consciousness in divine mind. Say it again. I am a point of consciousness in divine mind. And this week, when you're doing this, holding on so tightly to the way you think it ought to look and be, take a breath. Let it go. I am a point of consciousness in divine mind. I don't have to see just this little limited idea. I can expand my vision to the greater good that God has in store for me, and I can't wait to see the good that's going to come from this. Say that. I can't wait to see the good that's going to come from this. I'll say it again with power. I can't wait to see the good that's going to come from this. Turn to someone and say that to them. I cannot wait to see the good that's going to come from this. Ah, right? Isn't that more fun? Expand our vision, expand our world, and watch God's good be revealed. Thank you.